0: Hey Kansas City, welcome to episode 12 of the Made in Casey podcast. We are now in day 12 of the 30 day shelter in place order. I'm Tyler Enders.
1: I'm Keith Bradley.
0: And
2: I'm Thomas McIntyre.
0: Today's episode is about the rise of local. As global supply chains are disrupted and as global demand for medical equipment overwhelms the supply, we take a look at how to rebuild an economy that prioritizes people and communities. Happy Saturday, guys. How are you?
1: Doing well. Doing good. Doing good. Today is my wife's birthday, and so we have been navigating how to do birthday during quarantine. I would say so far, so good. We had uh, McLean's pastries delivered to the house this morning, not only pastries, but also coffee, latte, and cookie dough. Um, So that was a new experience for us. And then we've kind of had a parade of friends and family come by and drive by the house and either honk or hold up a banner or play music from their car. So it's been a pretty interesting morning at the Bradley household.
0: That's super fun. Well, happy birthday, Kate.
1: That's a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) Thomas, have you called your sister?
2: We have not yet, but we're going to with Tucker and sing Happy Birthday. I've been fully aware it's her birthday. The text started early on the family <laughs> text group, and so it's not a uh, I forgot, but figure we'll we'll give her an afternoon birthday song with the whole family. So
0: very nice. Well, I have a similar note on the McLean's delivery note a friend of mine chase he called me the other day he does not live in Kansas City used to for a little bit and he called me and he just said hey I've been listening to the podcast and you guys said that you should just pick up the phone and call people so this is me calling you it was a really great conversation it was really good to hear from him he's a very optimistic person but at the same time he's working in an emergency room right now so he had a very interesting sense of the situation and then today he texted me this morning and he said that knock at the door is for you I went downstairs and he had ordered donutology for me It was really heartwarming. My eyes welled up a little bit just because it was so thoughtful, and it made me realize that those care packages that we've put together hopefully will be creating that same experience for dozens and dozens of people in their homes, wherever they may be.
2: And on a similar note, I've been having friends texting me pictures of the Made in KC merchandise that they've purchased online that's getting delivered and the coffee that they're getting. And it's just extremely heartwarming to see them excited to get their package in the mail and knowing they're doing so to help the company get through this time and help us get through this time. So a shout out to anyone that's taken those steps for us. Uh, It means the world. And and we promise that those dollars are going to the right things to uh, make us a better company at the end of this.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and dive in. Today, as we discussed in the intro, we will be talking about the rise of local. As we saw a record number of unemployment claims these past few weeks, there's no doubt that they will lead to unprecedented unemployment numbers. I believe it's safe to assume that we will also see record numbers of bankruptcies in the aftermath of this pandemic. As we mentioned in episode one of the podcast, we believe this pandemic to be more than the defining moment of 2020. Rather, we believe it is a turning point in our global culture, our global society, and our global economy. This is a generation defining moment. Take time to grieve, take time to decompress, take time to take care of yourself and loved ones. But then take a look at who is rising to meet this challenge. Take a look at who is rising to meet the needs of their communities. Look at the grocery store employees, the delivery drivers, the sanitation workers. Look at our doctors, nurses, technicians, receptionists, journalists, pharmacy workers, first responders, and everyone else who is working to keep things going in these trying times. And now we must think about how we all should act. The least we can do is commit to social distancing. Beyond that, we can remain educated. We can help our neighbors, reach out to our friends and acquaintances, as our emotional health is also taking a toll. We can donate to community initiatives, and we can remain positive and optimistic. Again, this is not the next swine flu or SARS. This is a 100-year pandemic. This is a generation-defining moment. Now, as we look to rebuild the economy of tomorrow, we will be raising our voice and rallying support for what we call the rise of local. This pandemic comes amid Maiden KC's ongoing research into the value of local businesses to their local communities and economies. And so that is what we will be talking about today.
2: Yeah, thanks, Tyler, for that intro and discussion. It's extremely timely. Starland News posted our story of our initiative that Tyler is digging into, doing a deeper dive on what it means to shop local and an ask to all companies in Kansas City to complete a survey that will help us collect data and information to truly find out what it means to shop local in terms of the benefits and implications of spending your dollar locally uh, versus a non-local company. So as a company with Made in Kansas City, we have been around for about five years now. Our first shop opened in, in May of 2015. And for the first four and a half years, we kind of let our name do the talking for us and instead of really pushing the shop local campaign. So as we started doing our own research and deciding that there wasn't a whole lot of really solid data for us to look at. We found that the leader in this field is a, a firm called Civic Economics and decided to partner with them in collecting data and analyzing data for Kansas City specifically to help us determine what your dollar is doing when it is spent locally. Right off the bat, we do have some numbers that are of use. For example, if, if you were to spend $100 at a local restaurant, approximately 60 of those dollars gets recirculated back into the local economy. Where if you were to spend that same one at a non-local restaurant or a chain, approximately 30 of those dollars gets spent into the local economy. And even more specifically, with Made in Kansas City, about 90 of those dollars gets recirculated locally. So we want to dig deeper into those numbers. I mean, that's a phenomenal start, but we want more answers for the questions that come with that data. And so the most important thing to achieve that is to get companies to complete the survey for us. And you can find the article on Starland News, um, and we'll be undertaking our own research to get this accomplished. And, and Tyler's really taken this on himself and is as a drive to do it. And Tyler, can you explain why, beyond what I've said already, the importance of doing this research?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So civic economics has been the de facto leader for about 20 years in this world. They do this study called the Indy Impact Study, and they gather information from all sorts of local businesses in a city and then all the national businesses in the city, and then they do a cost comparison of how much of your wages are staying local, how much of your purchases are staying local, etc. And it's a really, really good top-line indicator of figuring out those numbers that you just read, that roughly twice as much money stays local at a local business versus a non-local business, and it made in KC it's three times. Beyond that, I really want to dig into the data further. I know that if we give $2,000 to our landlord each month, that has a vastly different impact than giving an employee $2,000. Whereas an employee who's given $2,000 a month might immediately recirculate 100% of that $2,000 in the form of rent, groceries, transportation, other items. That landlord might be reinvesting that money into a national company through stocks. They might be investing in property outside of Kansas City. There's so many things that they might be, where they might be spending that money in a vastly different way that has a vastly different impact upon our community. Furthermore, I'm really curious to know which businesses catalyze greater reinvestment. What I would like to dig into is figure out if you're a bank with limited resources or if you're the Economic Development Council and you have $5 million to spend – Are you better off spending that with a salon or a barbershop in a certain area that you're trying to generate community and economic activity, or should you invest that money into a restaurant? Should you invest that money into a retail store, um, a grocery store, et cetera? What are the businesses that really catalyze further economic development by keeping a lot of money local? Additionally, I'm really curious to know the difference of $100 spent in Prairie Village versus $100 spent in East Kansas City. So what we will do as Made in KC and what we've started to do, we've been getting amazing contacts through local organizations, uh, Kaufman Foundation, the city, the EDC, um, UMKC. We're getting connected with researchers. We're getting connected with people who can dig into this data and who can help us drum up even more data so that we can create some really, really profound research that we hope will kickstart the next generation of shop local research. It's my hope that Kansas City, which is such a community-based city that has such a rich, robust maker and art scene, and that has the Kauffman Foundation within it, that we can become the leader in shop local research and that people can look to us from all around the U.S. and from all around the world to see how local should be done. And they can look to us to see a model to realize... From the Economic Development Council, from the incentives, from the foundations, all the way down to the businesses such as ours, that Kansas City truly is a model for how to cultivate community by keeping money within the city. I really think that this is going to be the future. I really think that this pandemic is highlighting a lot of the fragility of our globalized system, and that as our globalized economy kind of takes a step backwards, we're going to look to make our local supply chains more robust. As we begin the recovery process, I think that small local businesses have a unique opportunity to rebuild faster than others. I think small local businesses have the opportunity to pivot. They're a little bit more nimble, but then also they don't have to wait and rely on this now somewhat fragile or broken supply chain. And I think that that will allow them a little bit of a head start. And then what I'm hoping we can see from our community is that they will then be further energized by our community financially supporting small local businesses over national businesses. And that's why I think our research is so important. I want to have the numbers to back up these ideas that we have. We've already seen incredible numbers. To tell someone that something is twice as good as something else or even three times as good as something else should be enough. But I want to go a step further, and I really think that we can be the model for that.
1: I think what we've have already seen in the midst of this pandemic is not only the fragility of the global economy, as you mentioned, Tyler, um, one example of that we've seen is with supplies of necessary equipment to fight the virus in the front lines in the form of masks. Those are just no longer existent right now to get a massive amount from traditional supply chains. And so we've taken part, other companies have taken part in trying to manufacture these masks locally um, in a way that's never been done before. Additionally, we've seen a rush to support local businesses in a way that we've never seen before in our community. And I imagine the same is happening in other parts of the world as well. We've seen it with coffee shops. We've seen it with restaurants. We've seen it with bakeries. Folks are rushing out to make sure their neighborhood bakery doesn't close over and above their neighborhood McDonald's, for example. And I think that's really interesting that it has taken this severe global event to see that kind of deep love and appreciation for things in their community.
2: Yeah. Keith, that's a great point. And, and to further that point, I think, you know, since our existence, the economy has been pretty good and we've seen some good traction, but largely because it's the cool thing to support local or trended thing to support local. In addition to this idea that it's, you know, quote unquote good without there being a whole lot of depth to knowing why it is good. And in the time of high stress, like we're seeing right now, I think it's going to really highlight the importance of the good component of supporting local because of how quickly you can see a local company fall without having a large safety net of a bigger enterprise supporting it. And so I think during this time, again, it'll it'll shift in importance to shopping local, not just because it's cool or trendy, but because it is, it is the fiber of our communities and your neighbors and people you see at school that you're supporting.
0: I love that. If you look at it, even divorced from the supply chain component. So if you're someone who's looking to get food or coffee or whatever it may be, and you're not looking at just that supply chain component, but when you talk about the the fabric or the fiber of our community, you think about just the sheer number of people who are employed by local businesses. If you just look at the hospitality industry alone, that's a huge segment of our local population. And so there are a lot of jobs, a lot of households, a lot of dependents in those households who rely on that income. And that is what makes our economy vibrant. And Keith, going back to what you said, it's been really exciting to see all the ways in which people are getting creative to support these local businesses. An example that we're rallying behind, which Anna Petro came up with, she's working on some really cool initiatives. Um, she'll be on the show next week, hopefully, to talk about some of those initiatives. We're working on a virtual book club. And the idea of this virtual book club. Is that ins- instead of buying 12 books from Amazon, you can get a group of people in your book club, let's call it 12 people, and you can pick the book that you're going to purchase. And then you can do a group purchase from a local business, a local bookstore. This is something that should have been done otherwise, but it's kind of taken the pandemic to make people realize, hey, if we're all going to be reading the same book, why are we going on to Amazon to do this? Why don't we meet up at the local coffee shop or the local bookstore and go get these from a local business? I'm hopeful that a lot of this ingenuity is going to move us into our new economy, which again, I'm, I'm terming as, you know, the rise of local. Keith, I feel as though you're remarkably good at supporting local businesses. I feel as though sometimes I don't practice what I preach because I get lazy and I'll order that book off of Amazon instead of driving to a bookstore for fear that it won't be there. And then I have to drive somewhere else when it's really not that much of a hassle. Can you talk a little bit about your mindset and why you're so committed to it and then also how you've navigated it?
1: Yeah, thanks. I think both before and also in the midst of being a part of the ownership team and Made in KC family, I've always been attracted to local businesses and how they operate and what they provide to the community and how unique they are. I think one of the things that we often forget when we're talking about local businesses is that they are what make your city, your community special in so many ways. You don't travel to another city just to visit that city's Starbucks, for example, or or chain retail store. You travel to see their unique shops and their unique destinations. And so I think it's just one of the things that I've always been attracted to about local businesses is how they create this unique form of, of unique identity for your city. And so one of the things that I've been really intentional about in our lives is during the high gift buying seasons, primarily Christmas, but also birthdays and, and other other events, is going to other local businesses to get those gifts and really be intentional about it. I do this primarily because of what I just said. I think they're great businesses. I think they make our city unique and special. I want to support them. But also over the last five years of doing the majority of the buying for Made in KC on the inventory side, I've just seen the impacts of what one purchase can do. And then also how that purchase can lead to a relationship and that relationship can lead to a friendship and even go beyond that. And so it's just been really great to be able to put your money where your mouth is, as they say, and do that um, year in and year out for our fellow Kansas City businesses. So one example I like to give that I like to do, we have a great local toy store here in Brookside area. The toys are slightly more expensive than what you would find elsewhere online or other. But I know the faces of the people who work in that toy store. I'd never go in there without seeing a friend or somebody I don't know from the neighborhood. And I know that if that toy store were to leave our neighborhood, our neighborhood would have a different look and feel to it. And so I don't want that to happen. And so just one of those small examples of how our purchases can really make a difference in our communities.
0: When you talk about going to other cities and that you don't go to cities to go to a Starbucks, the first thing I think about is all those really big attractions that people go to. And whether it's uh, a museum or a place that has outdoor art or murals, etc., those artists aren't born overnight. Those artists start somewhere. And when we're talking about coronavirus and the lagging indicators and the incubation period, I think about the incubation period that Kansas City's been going through and that we have all this talent that's been bubbling I don't want to say under the service, because that doesn't do it justice. But we have all this talent that's been collaborating and building. And it's those smaller things. It's those coffee shops. It's those artist studios. It's those murals that you come to visit. And those are the things that are laying the foundation for Kansas City in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, etc.
2: And further on that note, it's interesting to think about how Kansas City is such a great spot for this. And there's... You know, hundreds and thousands of cities that also fall into this category, but we don't have a geographical poll that sometimes are make us a destination for travelers, whether it's mountains, oceans, lakes. And so when people are visiting Kansas City, and you talk, Keith, about people visiting a city to experience it, what's being experienced here is the things that we create through art, through food, through shops, through other things. And that is what Kansas City has to offer. And I think we do it really, really well. And I think it makes us a really cool city to kind of be the, the starting point for this research And then to allow it to be copy and pasted into other cities and hopefully be a catalyst for an explosion of of more local push and more local art because of that, that DNA that we have as a city.
0: I'll say it again just for fear that I didn't say it correctly the first time, but I really do believe and hope that Kansas City can be the model for local businesses into the future. I think that in a time period of as, as few as 10 to 15 years, people can be looking to Kansas City as a model for figuring out how we should think about building communities and that we build communities by looking at an equitable distribution of incentives and, and of finances and that we look at how we can make sure our policies raise all boats and how consumers supporting local businesses is at the foundation of creating that sort of growth.
1: Yeah, one of the things I can't help but think about that in in a small way kind of ties together both things that you guys were just saying is our um, barbecue restaurant culture that we have in this city i don't know exactly when it started or when kansas city developed that reputation for being um, the barbecue capital of the world or just the best place to get barbecue in the country whatever that national reputation we have around barbecue i have no idea when that started long before i've been in kansas city i think probably before you guys were born as well But it is interesting to know that I would say in the last at least five years, the number of barbecue restaurants has probably doubled, if not tripled, in our um, community already. And so it's been a little bit of that slow growth incubation process for us to, hey, we are this barbecue city. Let's actually own it and let's run with it as far as we can run with it. And I think that's been a really good thing for our city. I think it's been a good thing for a couple of reasons. One, it, it doubles down on what we're known for and also, these barbecue rations that come up are locally owned, locally operated, doing a lot of lowly sourced meats and, and different products. So it ties right into what we're passionate about. And it further creates that identity around something unique and special for our city. I don't think it happened overnight, but I think there was a, a little bit of a tipping point to realize, yeah, let's let's go for this. Let's not be ashamed of this. Let's let's really celebrate this part of our city. And I could see the same thing, what you're, ha- you're saying, Tyler, to happen with local in general throughout our city.
0: That's great. Well, as final thoughts... Thank you, everyone, for supporting your local businesses. We're going to continue to try to come up with fun ways to support local businesses beyond ours. And so that is the restaurants, the coffee shops, the bars, et cetera. Be on the lookout for those. As we said, Anna Petra is going to be on sometime in the next week to talk about some of her initiatives in the hospitality industry, the initiative of the Virtual Book Club as well. And if you have any ideas for us on how we can use our platform to better support other local businesses, please let us know. Again, you can reach us by emailing us at hello at maidenkc.co, and you can reach us on Twitter at madeinkc underscore. Thank you all so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.